Check mic one. Check mic two. Mic three. Check mic four. Check mic five. All right, guys. Um, well, congratulations on making it through the year. We have officially made it to the happiest time of year, guys. It is Brumus. Um, you I know, but until National Tapioca Day. No, 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 no. It's generally Sorry. National Draft Tap Day, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, that that means stated. There's one thing we have to handle first be, before we get to the, the annual Brumus celebration. We have to gather the, the Jewish council. It, it, it's, it's, it's Hanukkah's time to shine. What, what do you guys yes. got for us? Well, uh, you know, the, the Jewish council has convened multiple times over the year. And unfortunately, uh, we cannot get a hold of our contacts in the uh, Jewish uh, media conspiracy. So this year, there is no new Hanukkah movie. I know everyone's really disappointed about that. But we will be watching the certified circumcised dick himself, the Hebrew Hammer. Oh, God, I hope I watched the right movie. There is a lady present. And I had to sit through it. That's what she said. Everyone else's movie was like 35 minutes, right? It wasn't like a whole Ladies and gentlemen, let's just start the show. Silence your cell phones and kindly shut up for our feature presentation. Shut the f*** up! Get around now, there's no time to lose. It's time for some movie reviews. Bring the drink that you choose. We've already had two. It's time for bruise and reviews. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Bruise Reviews. The podcast is already two beers in. My name is Avery. I'm your DD for the evening here alongside my co-host. Everybody, please introduce yourselves and tell our loving listeners about what you're sipping on. I'm sipping on my trademark Pepsi, and uh, I'm ready to begin with this Brumus Hanukkah celebration. Is that a cherry Pepsi? That it is. Nice. Hey, uh, buddy here. Um, for those without um, visual components, I was actually searching for some flavor text on my beer to tell you what it is, but it is called Bloodline. It is a blood orange IPA, um, 8%, uh, and it is made by Flying Dog. Um, the only real flavor text here, which I imagine is really just the company uh, mantra, what brings us together as fanatics of good beer is a dangerous curiosity that runs through our veins. While it typically make goosebumps rise and send shivers up spines, merely fuels our intense love of the craft. Cast away your fears, embrace the passion, and join our tribe. It is delicious, I'm going to tell you that. It, it's great. It's great. So white guy wrote that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was definitely written with, by with, uh, Ryan. With Flying Dog, uh, yeah. they are actually one of the few breweries that in the U.S. that currently makes Belgian-style IPAs. Mm. Um, you can get it, I believe it's called, like, Scary Bitch or something like that. I saw um, that. I almost got that. But I didn't you want should to say get it. it. Pod, it's I guess I it's a really it, Belgian IPAs are sweet. They aren't as bitter. They're like a sweetness. But mm. just you know, for future reference uh, for you. But Chris, how about you? How's it all going over there? It's going cool. Are you drinking or just like a general malaise? <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure he's already gotten into the Manischewitz. I, I can already see it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like Manischewitz. Oh, that's a that's a glass. I should grab the bottle I'm drinking from. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't done this in a while. Nickname something something. Said Jackson, Redneck, and Yanasha. We are never gonna be in sync. Never. That, that is that was the worst one yet. God, it was. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what am I drinking? A sparkling mead from Jester King at 11.5%. Hmm. Okay. Damn, 11.5. Strong. It's a mead. So that that tracks. Sure. So in a way, it's like Manischewitz. Not really, but it's grapes, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Sure. It's, it's grape adjacent. <laughs> oh, oh I'm, I'm here to offend everybody. Alright, well, hello everybody, my name is Brad, uh, and throughout every podcast you hear a noise, and for this episode you will hear this noise. Boom, another clam chowder going down the hole. <laughs> <laughs> and that noise uh, means that I have opened another drink and am one step closer to clearing out a skinhead bar uh, with awesome, awesome guns. Anyways, uh, today for this podcast, I am drinking from Rusty Rail Brewing. Um, I am drinking the Ninja Bread Man, which is a, a gingerbread uh, lager. And it's honestly surprisingly good. I got it just for the name. I just wanted to say Ninja Bread Man somewhere on the podcast. And Maybe. I was like, this isn't going to be very good, but I, it's damn good so what does it taste like uh uh it tastes so i was expecting like like somebody dunk gingerbread in beer like you you know yeah. like a light hint of that but it's like really it's like almost nutty okay and it Wait. like it has the christmasy you can taste a little bit of the ginger and those other spices in it yeah. um so it's really interesting um but it's from mifflinburg uh pennsylvania and mm. I would definitely recommend. I think it's sitting at six percent. Yeah, six percent ABV. So, yeah. Um, I'm actually having a beer this time. What? What? I yeah. know. Well, well, first you're gonna tell the people who you are for those who haven't heard your voice before. Well, God, they need to f***ing figure it out. <laughs> that is true. You need to do the damn jobs. Mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bliss. Um, I'm having a beer, like I said. Um, I'm having the Color Out of Space by Fourth Tap Brewing Co-op. Dang, nice. Um, it's a kettle sour, which Ooh. I have discovered I enjoy. I don't. So again, mm, I've been that. doing a podcast about drinking and movies for damn near three years. What is a kettle sour? <laughs> it's a beer. I'm going to pretend it's like I know. Sour but yes, beer. More. Oh, okay. I mean, I I know people drink like pickle beer. I know that, so maybe that's the same What's thing. Wrong I didn't. Oh, I, I love pickle beer. That's one of the beers I know I do like. <laughs> I don't like beer very much. Like a little behind the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the fans will forgive you. Happy <laughs> podcast and drinking like liquor or something or just water. So you're, you're good. Yeah. You're good. I mean, I'm usually up in here with my Manischewitz or my whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> for this time of the year, it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Chris, I want to learn who our sponsors are for this episode. Who are our lovely sponsors this week? 
Oh, I, I'm so glad you asked. So glad. Uh, first off, uh, need I remind everybody that it's a season of giving, and part of that giving is make sure your friends have something to eat on the table. So our first sponsor is, of course, Hard Rice. It travels really mm-hmm. well. You can reconstitute with water and have just straight up regular rice. Versatile. And you, you can, can use make it rice. for self-defense. Yeah. I carry yeah. a pack of hot rice in my pocket just in case I'm in the wrong neighborhood. I need yeah, to throw you know, it at somebody and run. Mm-hmm. You know those uh, salt guns that you use to like shoot bugs with? Well, yeah. if you grind up hard rice really fine, hmm. not, up, they, not only do they kill the bug, they kill the bugs like ancestors or something like that. I don't know. Oh, wow. It's rice. So it's also, cool. it's kosher. Well, Speaking too. of kosher... Uh, yeah. We, I got a message from our fine friends at Carrier Sharks. Awesome. Yeah, it is. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, they're saying like they're having a hard time getting to the inner part of the United States for carrying out packages. So uh, this year they rolled out Carrier Elk. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. And, and it is also the first mail service that also includes a packet of spices in case you want to shoot the elk and eat it. Ooh. That's, yeah. that's like, actually, that's really thoughtful. I was about to say, dinner and delivery. I was about to say, carrier elk, the, the only time where you are allowed to shoot the messenger. Yeah, and, and then and when I mean, like, packet of spices, I mean, like, ten pounds of it. It's Elk's a big animal. Or if you want same-day delivery, they just drop the elk out of an airplane. And just... <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for the sponsors for this week. Well, thank you for the sponsors for this week. Well, guys, uh, as stated, we've gathered the Jewish Council this year to, man, to, to review just a very, a very special, special film. This week, the Bruise Reviews dudes are covering 2003's The Hebrew Hammer. But before we do that, this is just spoiler warning. Everything we say from this point forward can and will be a complete and total spoiler. Thus, if you have not watched this movie, please pause the podcast and go and watch it and come back. We'll wait. 20-year-old movie, man. Be back. Well, if you chose to ignore our warning, it's your own damn fault. So, The Hebrew Hammer... Uh, covers Mordecai Jefferson Carver, a.k.a. the Hebrew Hammer, who is an Orthodox Jew stud who goes on a mission to save Hanukkah. When Santa Claus's evil son Damon is pushed over the edge by his father's liberal policies, he does away with the Christian patriarch. Subsequently stepping into his father's role, Damon launches a campaign to eradicate the Jewish holiday. The Hammer joins forces with, with Esther Bloom Bergen Steinenthal, the gorgeous and dangerous daughter of the leader of the Jewish Justice League, and his brother-in-law, Muhammad Ali Paula Abdul Rahim, the head of the Kwanzaa Liberation Front, Topple Santa's evil progeny and to save Hanukkah for future generations of Jews. Can can I before we get into this? How much pain it caused you to just to say those words in a sentence? Sentences. I saw I saw like every fiber of his being. It looked like he was constipated trying to get through saying that. He's having PTSD from this damn movie. <laughs> You know, I was raised that if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say none at all, so I'm good. <laughs> so so we have we have the patented 90-second explanation of films. However, <laughs> I raise you one and can explain this film in less than a sentence. Please do, because I don't want to do in, it. In one hyphenated word. Shabbat shalom, motherfucker. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> 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 that we both had a response. This... 
Juice exploitation. I, I was trying to figure out a word that was a black exploitation that also combined the hat with a yep. Jewish reference. It, 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 exploitation. It was juice exploitation, but the problem I had with it is at least oh, from yeah, a, we're, we're a, just a, going into it. From a critical <laughs> yeah. perspective, it wasn't even juice exploitation. It was juice exploitation making fun of black exploitation, but not in a nice way. Like they chose every negative part of black exploitation they could find. Are there that many good black exploitation? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, there's not. But then you look at. But the thing is, you have to keep in mind for a yeah. lot of black Hollywood back in the early parts of Hollywood, black exploitation was our genre. We created yeah. the shit. So true. Yeah. Sure, I did watch like two of them uh, a few days ago. With my sister, she really loves them. Yeah, yeah, and like, like you know, and as you know, as weird as it is to say, that is the legacy of black Hollywood. That's how we were able to get our foot into the door and be seen as actors and producers and directors. And yeah, it's you know, it's cool when people pay homage to us, but when they choose only the worst possible points, that's that's kind of where it, it irks me a little bit. So one of the things that I will say uh, about this style of film um, is one of the issues with any sort of racial or religious um, art, whether it be film, writing, you know, whatever it may be, um, those who are opposed to that race or religion will use it as a means to prove why they are correct to hate on them. Yeah. So there's like a really famous book written by a Jewish author from like the 1920s, I believe, um, where like now the book is used by like white nationalists to like prove mm. why Jews are terrible. And it's like, no, this is this woman writing about her experiences in the 1920s Orthodox community. Yeah. Well, what's so, wasn't the great leader in Charlie Chaplin's film, wasn't that made as a means of making fun of the Nazi yeah. party and like like literally trying to uplift the Jewish community and then the Nazis took it as actual gospel? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's so, like a setting. When so when it was, you want to use like that. Yeah. So the reason that I want to point that out is this film is kind of wanting to poke and prod at that idea because they took a lot of like the racist stereotypes for Jews and like put it forefront and they were like hey guess what go fuck yourself and then but then there's also there's a a bit of smart really entertaining comedy in it but they did do a lot of that and I think they did that on purpose I know they did that on purpose but you know what I mean so that's one thing I need to say also I need to point out um, I'm a little bit pissed because I'm assuming everyone here watched it on Tubi. Uh, yes. Yeah, I did. No, no, I couldn't oh, find it on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Watch it at Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Okay. I bought it on Tubi. So on the Tubi version, they actually changed one of the songs in it, and it ruined oh. the scene. So there's a scene where he goes into the Nazi bar. Yeah, and he changes the jukebox song, and in the Tubi mm. version. When he changes the jukebox, it changes to this really slow, weird song. I don't know what it is. But in the original version, which I think is what's on Amazon, I'm not sure because I watched it on Tubi. I have it on DVD, so whatever. Um, The original song is when he changes the jukebox, it goes to that song where it's like, Pull out those hazy day-de-de-de-de-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
Oh yeah, that's not what's on Amazon. Yeah, no, so so they weird. changed the song. And I think that's like one of my favorite scenes because that is one of the scenes where it's just absolutely funny as hell. But without that song, it was it didn't work right. Because like it's this upbeat song and he's just kicking Nazis' asses, whereas in the new version, the remastered version, it's this slow song and it doesn't fit the scene. And I'm I'm really disappointed in that. Yeah, I can see how that would change things because it it's sort of strange how just the musical tone of something will affect an entire scene mm-hmm. because it, it infers how you take in certain lines or jokes. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of saying "nice hat." Like, am I saying it sarcastically or am I saying it as a declarative sentence? But mm-hmm. having the right undertone to it can really just sort of change a scene. You know? Yeah, and I, I will say that, again, that's like my favorite scene in the movie, because it's just yeah. like, Jew, Jewish guy walks into a neo-Nazi bar, like, and then just that's, kicks all their asses. I why they did that. Like, what? I what? think it might have, potentially the artist might have not liked it there, or they could it could have been one of those things where they might not have had the, the approval to use it. Well, I was about to say, d- depending on the company that owns the rights, may have, may have changed the song. I know because yeah, because originally when he said that it was different on Tubi, <clears throat> well, it made me wonder because Tubi's owned by Fox, so I was wondering yeah. if Fox made them for the version that's on Tubi. Wonder if that was maybe changed, but now it appears it was also changed on Amazon. Yeah, mm. I, I I don't know, but so yeah. so that's I did want to point out that it does seem that I, I guess this will, we will consider this the Hebrew Hammer remaster because mm-hmm. I did notice there were a few points in the film where they did change things and. Did it make it better or worse? I can't really tell you, but for that scene in particular, that music choice made that scene so much worse. Yeah, especially if it's it, your favorite scene, it's going to be something yeah. that's really going to hit you. Yeah, so... I understand. Um, you know, one of the things I will say, I will say about this film, that as much as it pains me to, to watch it happen, I did actually laugh at how, how much fun they were poking at Shaft. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's you. he's literally a Jewish Shaft, um, yeah. but, 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 but he's not even itself. as cool as Shaft. Like yeah. Yeah, he's he's well aware of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, but like even the theme song, "Who's the Certified Circumcised Dick? Who's a stud to all the ladies?" Hammer. <laughs> it's like, like they it was, knew exactly what they were doing. It was such a. I like there's I'm gonna be upfront and honest everybody. I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like this movie I already years. know is gonna give me a lot of work yeah. <laughs> to, well, in this well, episode. It's, it's like well I've said I've said in the past I hate stupid I I can't deal with there, there's also a reason the next film we're gonna cover for Rumus, I do not um, And yet he still hangs out with all of us. <laughs> it's yes. we're we're bonded at this point. I have no Trauma choice, your family. Really. Yeah, um, I think I think Avery's just slowly going to poison me over time. With this podcast, uh, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but there, despite the fact that I did not like, I did have moments where I really did laugh. Like a lot of his interactions with his mother and the full-on Jewish mother guilt trip. Good lord! Um, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> those, <laughs> like like those, Oh my those, god! If I had a dollar, man. Or like, like, like when, like when he's trying to enter the Jewish Justice League and he has to go through the rooms. 
But when he gets to the rooms about whining, and there's levels to whining. Buddhist, the dead, Jewish. I was just like, oh, okay. And like, my best friend's mom, uh, since my mom passed away, like, she is my mom to me. And, uh, she every time she sees me, she gives me the Jewish mom guilt trip. Like every time she's like, You never call me, <laughs> oh, no. and I'm just like, and I like I hear it in the back of my head at times. Like mm. I, it's just like, please, please just stop. I'll, yes, <laughs> fine, whatever you want. So whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for me it was believing Andy Dick can beat up someone. Like, oh <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. It, am, I I the person that, am I the only person that can't stand him? Like, I I see, he's like a punchable no. face. Oh, yeah. He's a, like a I, I, sentient Disney villain. Like a real life he's villain. He's like a sentient Disney villain. Like, yeah. the thing is, most Disney villains are at least attractive. I don't know what the hell Andy Dick is. Like, he's like the villain in a movie where, like, Flubber is the hero. Like, that's what you <laughs> need to fight him. Like, Flubber. Like, like, yeah, like Pete, Pete Davidson has a punchable face, but at least he's likable. Like, you get what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's funny. At least, he's yeah, funny. Uh, he's you better likeable. call Joker, otherwise Pete Davidson will. <laughs> but Andy Dick, like, and don't get twisted, like, all respect in the world to him because a man has made a career out of whatever yeah, the hell he, he's been he, able to do. He fits into <laughs> this, literally. like, he's very typecast. Yeah. So... Um, I, I wanted this actually because I know he was in um, Bros, which Kim I wanted Kardashian. to go see. I never got a chance to go see it. Um, no, Andy Dick is definitely not in Kim Kardashian. Um, if that uh, is, we need to start like well, I, finding well, one, an underground bunker. <laughs> no, I, I I believe Andy Dick is part of the LGBTQ plus community because um, I, I know he's in the movie Bros uh, that recently came out. And I wanted to go see it. I never got the chance to, but. Um, he, he he always fits a certain type. He's the annoying, whiny character. Uh, he, but he's always he's the annoying, the whiny villain. It. Yeah, yeah. He, his voice he's, is like a like a gnat at a family barbecue. Yeah. Just yeah. Santa. <laughs> I will say this: it fit the one that role he was like song. it. Yes, it fit this role though. Which, which that's that's what Andy Dick does. Like when he, he is very typecast into these roles, and like this one. This was an Andy Dick role. Like, I I couldn't really see another person doing this role. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Now, I'm curious, because we're going to talk, obviously we're going to shit a lot on this film, and I already know that, and I don't care. Um, but I, I am really, really curious. At what point in this movie did you guys go, oh, it's one of those movies. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. Dude, but it was pretty title. early on. Like, like, with, like, when they started the show, like, you know, people who celebrate, you know, Christmas as, like, these just almost just, like, cartoonishly evil caricatures, I was like, oh, this is that movie. Okay. <laughs> so, so, I, I, so, I think it, for me it was the opening, because he gets... He runs into these little kids in the beginning in the ho, church, ho, ho, and they, ho, yeah, yeah, they had like a like, series of like racially insensitive jokes, ho, 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 and then one goes way too far yeah, for some reason. That, 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 was a, that was like one of the three times I laughed in this film, when she goes way too far, and the other kids look at her like, they're like, they're looking at her like, bro, that was too far. <laughs> I, will, I will say, like, I think I realized it's one of those movies, the first time I ever watched it. I realized it was one of those movies when he stopped 
that kid from being bullied and he was like remember you're a bad big nose biblical brother and i'm like what did he just say what just came out of his mouth i'm not gonna lie i laughed when he was like the kids while he's like oh and stay jewish i feel like the second time i knew it was that movie was during the um, after It's a Wonderful Life scene where all the, the little Jewish kids are getting copies of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's just like, what's going on? He guys, he's like, I'm your huh. pusher. Well, he was like, he's like, bootleg copy of It's a Wonderful Life. He's like, in China, 66, 65% pure. Damn. <laughs> like, he like licks the tape. Like, and then, go, and then he opens the trunk and it's like, like, like Holocaust on the roof. And then there was another yeah. one I can't remember. It like, was like color coded too. There's red, like, blue, and uh, yellow. Yellow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's absolutely my favorite scene. Especially because my family wouldn't let me watch It's a Wonderful Life. Really? It was too Christmassy, and my family was the kind of Jewish family that didn't let you watch movies that were too Christmassy. Oh my god, that's great! Wait, well, because there are so few of us, we need to keep we need yeah, to keep everyone. Like, we can't uh, risk converts to other religions. Like, we're we're pretty fucked right now. <laughs> uh, well, terrifying. Third time I realized it was that movie. Kwanzaa Liberation Front. Yes. Yeah, they were great. Like, okay. if they want to do a spinoff with them, I Speaking okay. as the lone member of this podcast who celebrates Kwanzaa. True, true. Uh, <laughs> Alright, but, but real quick, I have been searching for the song that plays during the Kwanzaa Liberation Front. I want to listen to the whole version of that song. Have you just tried because- to use Shazam to find it? I, I need to, but like it's just yeah, yeah. because I remember the first time I watched it, I had to rewind to make sure I heard the lyrics correctly. <laughs> Put on the subtitles real quick, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, I can understand. The Kwanzaa Liberation Front is is hilarious, but there are like certain points in that Kwanzaa Liberation Front, like the headquarters of it, where it's just like, okay, that didn't need to be there. Yeah. There, there was but a lot like, in the Quasar Liberation Front that did not need to be there. But it was it was funny. No, um, I get it. Like, it yeah. was funny. Um, however, that is the one point where I texted, I was like, you know, like, when we watched Trading Places last year for New, for New Year's, and you you mentioned, like, you did not like the use of the N-word um, in yeah. that film. But it was a, it's a relic of the time. It was more yeah, commonplace yeah. back then. Yeah. This film was made in 2003, and they're still using it, and then they start using the, the Jewish equivalent. I'm just like, was that necessary? Like... Um, and it was it wasn't even like a. I get the context they were using it in is basically like if, if two black guys were to talk to each other, buddy and I were to talk to each other, we we may we may say you know what's what's up blah blah blah. Um, mm-hmm. And words may be exchanged. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. but that's just we are both black. That is what it is. Um, as in, I in Brad Brad and Bliss, you guys can you know correct this. Um, I don't know necessarily if. Jewish folks nope. respond to each other in that. Nope. Way. So nope. In no yeah, way. It, 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 exactly. <laughs> so like so when so when they exchange racial slur for racial slur. Yeah. I was just like um. <laughs> it, it really it really it was. It, I think that they part of me is like they did that to like kind of show how stupid the idea of using a racial slur to address one another is Mm -hmm. because that's like that's an argument that i've actually heard from like a lot of people where they're like well 
if black people can say the n-word then jews can say that mm-hmm. word and it's like but we don't and we don't want to yeah. like yeah. but, but that, then again it's also thing it's part of your that, culture in a sense you know yeah that has mm-hmm. always been a racial sl- like that has never really been a anything said in the community i don't i don't believe uh well not yeah, as it, far it, as my understanding of the word yeah so I mean, it uh, didn't work. That that part did kind of fall flat. Like it was kind of like a, huh, but like re- on rewatch, it is just only like a, a cringe moment there. Yeah. yeah. The N word is like you know basketball. Black people took it from white people and made their own thing. So it's just sort of like yeah. our thing now. So we just sort of which is use it. which is which is weird because that's not even true. The word was ours at words was ours at first. Slave oh. owners heard it, started using it to degrade us, and then we took it back. Oh. <laughs> it's like it's reverse gentrification. So. Yes. <laughs> Negrofication. <laughs> can I keep that? I was going to say something else, but I didn't want you to censor, censor it. Can I not censor that? Do I have to? Because that was great. No, it's not bad. It, it really yeah. wasn't. And I, dro- I dropped harder in words on this podcast before. Oh. <laughs> I was like, so have I. Remember Home Alone? Okay. Well, it's just like... <laughs> Go ahead. And then, uh, then my other question is with the with the KFL. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they call it the KFL in parts of the movie. Um, <laughs> the the thing that I did find like absolutely hilarious in that scene was when Ben, there's a pimped out Jew in this in this pimped out caddy coming up the street. What? He walks in the door, and you just hear like guns cocking for like ten seconds, <laughs> yes. which is like. You chuckle a little bit, and then, like, it's the Hebrew hammer. <laughs> like, that got me that last one. It's yeah, like I, that one person needed clarity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, for me, that part, I think that was one of the other parts. I was just like, okay, because obviously, you know, they're they're making fun of, of radical, you know, radical black, like, activists. And more specifically, they were making fun of the Panthers. Um, yeah. You know, which is fine. I really don't care. But I did dislike that the caricature of the black characters in this movie were all stereotypical black gang. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and that that was something I was just like, okay, if you're trying to portray the characters as equals, showing that, you know, the Jewish community and the black community should stick together, which is awesome. And I was like, that that is what it should be. Why was it? Why did you feel it was necessary to show them in that light? But especially when it's just like, what's their first reaction to everything? Guns. Like, yeah. um, that should honestly, being Jewish, that should be our first reaction to everything. With how many <laughs> motherfuckers have tried to kill us, that just should like, just be the doorbell rings and there's a hole through it. Like, <laughs> um, but you know, like, I don't want to harp on that scene because I'm not gonna lie. Uh, right after that, we do meet the um, the man who plays like the elf got kicked out of Santa's workshop for being too black. Yeah, um, the black elf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the other thing that bothered me about Andy Dick. I was just like, okay, Andy Dick is uh, is enough to deal with, but you have to just make him over the top racist and bigoted, just over the top. Because every yeah. other word out of his mouth is a slur. <laughs> but I, I don't want to be a negative the whole time. I actually did enjoy the Nazi bar fight scene, just when he, he burns the Star David into the ground outside. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> they they, they <laughs> bred your mama, they bred your papa, but they ain't gonna breed you. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> like so that, good. that was funny. Um, 
Bugs that I enjoyed all of his interactions with his mom. Uh, the, the the cat was a little much for me. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I was like, you resorted to poop humor, really poop humor. Um, so I, I, will, I will say this: if you guys get a chance, um, in 2017 or 18, um, they announced that they're trying to make a Hebrew Hammer two, mm. and it's going to be Hebrew Hammer versus time traveling Hitler. That's not the point. But That's the already point, been done, man. It's called Kung Fury. Oh. <laughs> the point is, they came out with a three-minute short of the Hebrew Hammer. And I highly recommend everyone look it up and watch it after the podcast. Mm-hmm. Because it's... I'm, I'm curious, and I believe that if they actually are able to make the second one... I think they are going to address a lot of the stereotypes that they did in the first one. And, like, I think it's going to mature a bit to where it's not, they aren't going to be as much of the racial humor. Mm. I think it's going to be more modern political jazz mm. in the, in you know, the also, new one. When did this movie come out? 2018? Two th- what, the original? 2003. 2003. This was 2003? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Uh, the original wow. movie. That, that also makes a lot of sense because I think if you watch. I feel like comedy movies are a reflection of that time period they're in and their era. Like there were I think a in two thousand three, you can get away with so many things, you know. Mm. But like, and I think even up to like twenty eighteen, you could have gotten away with some of the stuff that they got away with in a sense. Um, so w- when you say they're going to try to mature the comedy and you know lean more into the serious side and make it about something, then I, I think that's possible, uh, especially in the time period we're in, you know, because the comedy movies of Sort of now we're like what Judd Apatow and really smart comedies, yeah. uh, but you look backwards and you know there's the scary movies, the nine other teen movies. You go backwards, there's the Naked Gun yeah. series and that franchise yeah. with Leslie Nielsen and uh, apparently, yeah. apparently this uh, this film when it was first released, a lot of the critics like it wasn't like don't get me wrong, it wasn't like critically praised. It was there were a lot of mixed reviews. It got about I think it was like a forty five on Rotten Tomatoes. And a lot of the, (laughs) (laughs) there, there were a lot of critics that actually pointed out, they're like, this is just a really brash naked gun. It's, it's a very brash, like it's that humor, but it's a little bit more abrasive. Um, Yes. Yeah. So it's, so, and I think that that's where it kind of shines. It's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Like, yeah, like the, the, the mall scene. Oh, he told me he's going to personally steal Christmas. No, all the kids are chasing him. They run down. Attention, yeah. Kmart shoppers. There are <laughs> Jews on aisle 12. <laughs> or the whole thing about the cheeseburger, the bacon oh cheeseburger. Oh, my they call themselves before they jump to that, uh, that scene? Um... Not Christians. What did they call themselves? We're going Gentiles. to be Gentiles. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. But yeah, and, and I think there are certain moments where the comedy absolutely works, like small moments like that, per se, where it's not totally offensive. You're like, oh, OK, yeah, I, I, I can see that joke. I can see what you're doing there. My my favorite, like my favorite. It, it is a little bit sexist, but it was just like when he said it, I just died laughing. And every time it every time this scene comes on, I just like start cracking up is when they confront Santa with the two bimbo girls. Oh, and, I think I know exactly and he's what you're like, about. oh, here, here are a peace offering. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, and then he looks down and sees the cross and he's like, sorry, Santa, I prefer the women the way I like my matzah. 
unleavened. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is very much so a Jewish joke. I was like, I, mean, I, was like, like, I don't like that get is... that one, but that wasn't for me to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, speaking of that, I, I was curious about the audience for this. Maybe the audience mm. is for this movie a primarily Jewish audience. Yeah. The way like like yeah. Black Dynamite is definitely like is it a for, black a black film. It's black movie. It's black yeah. be black. But Face Off, Face Off for me is a black film. Like no <laughs> black people in it. But like for me, well, it's like well, like at the beginning of the movie, this it literally says this movie is for Jews who were tired who tired of Gentile shit. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, like yeah, they're yeah. tired of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's you know I I get it. We all deserve representation. And yeah. mm-hmm. you know, as as much as I dislike the movie, the movie's not meant for me. Like yeah. I, it's not meant for me, and that's yeah. okay. Not everything is supposed to be yeah. for you. Like, yeah, and, and I think there's also the thing like to what your style of comedy is for your movies. Yeah. Like for for me, anything that is like the Naked Gun or like Black Dynamite, like I I, I eat that stuff up. Like that stuff for me is just like, or even like like that movie Airplane. Like that movie, like I can still quote jokes from that. Um, I thought you were about to say Soul Plane, and I was about to, I was about to judge you. Just uh, sign off. What <laughs> 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 about Soul Plane Two and Fifty Cent? Oh, no. There was a Soul Plane Two. I've not watched it, and will not. It was a Boondocks parody. Oh, oh, thank oh, God. oh, oh, Soul Plane Two. Get Richard Dotron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there were terrorists on the plane. Weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll stop these terrorists. Air Fifty Cent. What are you gonna trying. do? Get Rich Dotron. <laughs> like what? Why? Oh, uh, so uh, terrible. Grant, oh man, just they, somebody, somebody, somebody better be thankful. Aaron Magruder did not see the Hebrew Hammer because I'm curious his thoughts. Yeah, it it would oh, have. Mm. He's a very opinionated person. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, opinionated. Considering he wrote an entire song called "Dick Riding Obama." <laughs> very opinionated. <laughs> That's to be a whole new podcast. Um, <laughs> so. What, um, because we're, we're going to jump around. Um, what did you guys, how did you guys think about the, the, um, scene where it's like the Jewish atomic clock like that? Cause that whole thing, it was so like, very, very confused. (laughs) So that felt like Jewish humor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but But the reason, the reason I ask is more or less like the. The end of that, where it's like uh, Santa takes the Hebrew Hammer's girlfriend and leaves, and then Tiny Tim is there, and and then the 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 KFL comes in and or KLF comes in and you know saves the Hebrew Hammer, but you don't see any of that of uh, the saving of yeah. the Hebrew Hammer, and then you kind of fast forward to where they're infiltrating the North Pole. And he's like, Tiny Tim, why did I let your ass go? Because we're both Sagittarius? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, I am so, trying to save the Sags. <laughs> okay, so, so that, that scene actually pissed me off. Because I'm like, okay, you know, may, maybe you know this dude's going to ha- do something cool. No, no. H- how does he deal with Tiny Tim? He steals his shit and runs. <laughs> like, he didn't kill him. Like, he like, didn't, didn't kill him. Kill him. He didn't he, kill him. But you chose the absolute worst black stereotype to do? <laughs> Taking his shit and running with it? <laughs> he apologized while he was doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he did. did. He did. I, I feel like there's almost no good option there. Like, if you kill him, it's like, ah, uh, okay. But they, I, I think it's probably the situation where, like, 
they know they need to put something funny there that isn't like you know too abrasive I mean, yeah that's like the softest thing they can come up with but yeah i i, I understand they th- this whole movie plays in stereotypes this whole oh, yeah. movie plays in Jewish stereotypes, black stereotypes, but the best stereotypes about Andy Dick. The <laughs> best stereotype. The best stereotype is. Yes, oh, hold on. What? I have to release the Jewish ultimate weapon. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. I'm not even lying. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> like he's like, oh, because I, I like when the the uh, KLF leader comes back after all these. Like he looks at Andy Dick's character. He's like, oh. I'll hit you with that Jewish guilt shit, huh? <laughs> so I know the. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say, like, there are definitely some jokes that work in here. It's just you, you, you gotta. There's a little bit for everybody here. Like, yeah, there's a lot that we like shit on about this film, but we're still laughing at certain points of it, and you can still point it here. It's like, you know what? That was funny. Okay, that was cool. It. it it's. It's like having a friend who tells really crude jokes, you know? Uh, that's my Chris's thing, like, lit up. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I was looking directly at Chris. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I, I think it's one of those things where um, not all the comedy is for everybody, but there is a smorgasbord of comedy to choose from and jokes to choose yeah. from. I'm just yeah, I'm just wondering how Mario Van Peebles feels about this this role. Oh, I thought that was him. Yeah. yeah, it was Mario Van Peebles. I know he I know he don't talk about this one. Usually <laughs> yeah, like, it was a paycheck. <laughs> Wait, who? The the he leader played, um, of the leader to KL up is Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, he's like oh, he's like okay. he's like a black Hollywood icon. Like yeah. okay, I, and his son now too. So one of the things um, that like. There were definitely parts of this movie that, like, if you if you look at the, the we always say look at a music a movie in a vacuum. You need to look at it for the time. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of points of this movie that are very problematic outside of the time. Oh, um, do we have the time? <laughs> yeah, we we aren't gonna go through it, but like, I do feel like obviously the use of the N word. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it was, it like the only part in that that I kind of almost chuckled at, but like couldn't was when the accountant kind of like was like, but wait, and then oh, yeah. it's cool if we do it. Like that was kind of like a huh, but not a you can't yeah. redeem that. Like it's really difficult to kind of redeem that in in films anymore unless again we're talking about period pieces or yeah dramas, like like, like, like in that particular situation you know like like i said if if the movie is pointed at a certain audience like if this movie is made by black filmmakers and has mostly a black cast here the air word said is nothing new it's it, it's how yeah. we actually talk to one another mm-hmm. but like like we're talking about here the the jewish equivalent slur is not used in your community as a yeah, way to exactly. communicate with one another and so here it's just kind of like abrasive and kind of like the fact that it's used so much in this movie, I was just like, okay. Um, I was just like, maybe they. I was like, I was like, maybe, maybe it's something that's in the community. They're trying to take away power from the word, but mm. I mean, I, I'm not a part of the community, so I don't know. Um, I just know it was a little off-putting for me on that. Yeah, and, and yeah. I, I think it sort of it goes, it goes back to me. I, I think for the time at which that movie came out, or I think. It, the people were more lenient. Like there was so much stuff you can get away with back then in comedies, 
that it still would have been like a PG-13 rating or just like a soft R rating, you know? Um, like even Airplane, like Airplane has a random scene where like the plane is going down and they say don't panic and like everyone in the airplane panics and like a naked woman runs by just like full like reveal and it's like it's out of nowhere and it's funny for the time but there's no way you could do that in yeah. today's hemisphere yeah, no. films. like there, there there needs to actually be a context for, for yeah. that like why is she naked or is she just naked just for the point of sexualization yeah, uh, yeah. it's just for, yeah. for comedy's sake in a sense and I, yeah. I think uh with certain films in the time period there's a certain expectation of okay we can get away up to this point we can say I mean, this is a bad way to say it we can say this many slurs or we can say this but we can't say that and i i, I think in 2003 like was that Chappelle show at the same time did he come out around that time yeah. or is that 2005 he, no, he, yeah, he, he, was, well, he was out around roughly that time. the same yeah where, where you could be abrasive about race and religion mm-hmm. And, and you could get away with some of these things. Um, but I think in today's hemisphere, um, we're a lot more sensitive to these subjects and to these topics. So um, I, I I am curious, like, if this was 2003, how our responses would would still be, you know? Yeah. If we were doing, like, I don't know, a film review thing in the brad's basement or something (laughs) sitting around a microphone (laughs) so i I do want to say that uh there is one other scene that i i kind of like want to point out because you you brought up the naked woman uh running in the uh, airplane Mm. um so there's one scene that it took me a few times to notice what happened but it's the scene where they're getting sexual Mm -hmm. he's like i want to have lots of kids by you <laughs> I want our children to oh, go to a private I'll, school. I'll talk dirty to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's like doing all these like job. stereotypes, <laughs> and like she throws him down and undoes his pants, and she's like about to go down on him. Yeah, and as yeah. she unzips his pants after, I don't know if any of you caught it. As soon as she unzips the pants, you just hear thud thud thud. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> and then, then she just looks at him and goes Shabbat Shalom, and it's like. It Not took a few times. times seeing oh, this movie. Great. It took a few times before I heard the thuds. <laughs> like that's that's, that's yeah. Great. No, I, I heard the thuds. I was like, I see what you did there. <laughs> Just like I, is, I see exactly what happened there. Yeah, like even <coughs> little comedy like that. Like that it that's almost like non-denominational comedy, where it, it can yeah. work for, it, for any type of audience member. You know. Yeah. Also, and this is totally off. I mean, it's on top of off topic. Is it just me, or like, like does does Adam Goldberg look like the dude who plays Howard on Big Bang Theory? Like, like, like especially when he's dressed as the Hebrew Hammer. Like that haircut did no favors. To him. <laughs> no favors. Like, I'm sitting like he looks a lot like Howard. Um, like, so uh, the producers are currently yelling at me. Um, before we before we go into deliberations, like, the deliberation, I do want to hear a favorite and least favorite scene, and I don't want the whole the whole movie because we mm-hmm. do that a lot when we don't like a movie. <laughs> We're just like least favorite scene, the movie. Um, I really do want to hear everyone's opinion on a favorite and least favorite. If you'd like, I can start. Um, yeah, anytime. Yeah, uh, so my favorite scene is, again, the Nazi bar scene. 
but with the original music. Like, I'm gonna put an asterisk there. Like, it needs to have the original music from the first release. Um, because that new song just, like, it sucked. It didn't fit the scene. Um, and then my, my least favorite scene, um, is honestly is that I'm going to agree with Avery, uh, something Avery said, it's that, that section of the K, uh, the Quanza Liberation Front, where they're just using the, the slurs. It's like 2004, when I first saw this film, I laughed at that, but like looking, looking at it now, it's like, eh, uh, like, please, why, why is that there? So that, that's my thought process. Um, I'll go. Uh, following that taxi, that is my least favorite scene. Um, just because I didn't understand the necessity of it. I mean, I get what they were trying to go for, and I appreciate the sentiment. They were just trying to show us togetherness. I think there was a different way that, that it, it could have been done um, that didn't involve throwing racial slurs at one another. Um, but, I mean, in black culture, we, we roast each other for fun, and that's how we show love. So, I mean, you know, to, you know, to each their own. But uh, I think my favorite scene was the end dinner with his mother and the fiance, <laughs> um, where you just see like how toxic his relationship was with his mom. And then you get to see the new Santa Claus who's been democratically elected between <laughs> the, Ju- the Jewish Justice League and the Quantum Liberation Front. And it's the black elf. <laughs> he says, Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. <laughs> um. So it was just, it was one of those things. That was my favorite scene. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, I think my least favorite scene was probably, it, it, it was part of the, it was part of the scene where you first meet his mom. And when she brings out the cat, I, I was like, oh wow, that's a lot going on here. And then the cat had a diaper. And then there was the, um, the other guy that was at the table. He didn't say a word. Uh, oh yeah, the the, um, the Asian guy. Yeah. yeah, and I I was like, there's just so much going on here. It felt just so random and just packed with stuff. Like, if you took half of that stuff out of that scene, it would still work. But just having it jam packed with stuff was just so I don't know. It, it felt like they were trying too hard to make you laugh at that point for me. Um, favorite scene, I think. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I think that was probably the hardest I laughed was. Uh, the Kwanzaa Liberation Front, like meeting them, because like oh, I because I immediately got the comedy. I immediately knew where it was, and I was like, okay, I know what they're drawing from. Like this is this is their source material. This is their black exploitation segment per se. And I was like, okay, I, the guns being drawn, the last gun uh, uh, was it being cocked. Like I, I think there's a for, for me that's probably I was like okay, uh, I'll sit I'll sit through all this, you know. Chris? Marvelous. Uh, least favorite scene. So, you know how when they first break into the North Pole and they're like trying to get through all sneakily, then they see the uh, penny on the floor and he the oh, yeah. hammer? It's like, it was funny because it's kind of true. Even mm-hmm. for Asians, we're cheap bastards. <laughs> like, I'm not going to leave a penny on the floor. Are you kidding me? That's money. Why would someone leave money on the floor? But the fact that they did was kind of like uh, a little too obvious. I wish they were a little more creative. Mm. I can see that. Uh, that also goes with every single Fanny Dick. 
Just any scene or just like all of them? He's literally every one of them. I, I will say I this: the, there is actor version. There is one Andy Dick scene that I thought was kind of funny. It was the one where uh, it's the we just got this transmission from the North Pole. And scene was that too bad? Was that hard? <laughs> I, I <knew> that. <laughs> like, that was that was good though. But, Why is that? What's your favorite? Still on. <laughs> favorite scene? Uh, anytime he's with his mother because it reminded me of like when we all stayed crash at your Aunt Martha's place. Uh. And she didn't understand. And she didn't understand what my job really consists of. <laughs> Chris is like sales. What do you mean sales? Marketing. <laughs> oh, Marsha and Bliss. Um. So my least favorite scene is a specific part in the Kwanzaa Liberation Front. I just didn't enjoy when the white accountant is pointing out why the joke is funny. Mm. That doesn't hit with me. It makes the joke drag on too long, and eh. Um, but like I said before, my favorite scene is when he's handing uh, the kid tapes out of his trunk and trying to cure him of his poor addled brain. <laughs> Here, take all this Jewish media. <laughs> Run home, watch it. And the kids are driving by wearing like reefs and they're putting up Christmas trees. Yeah. <laughs> and and let's be real, this this movie, like in all honesty, with our time, we could not hit on everything in this movie because there are a lot of scenes that are insane that I would love to address. But like this podcast, if we were to do that, the producers would probably hold a gun to my head, and I'm not cool with that. So I I really do want to point that out. Um, but Usually, uh, you know, we, we go into our deliberations, but uh, first, let's hear from our Patreon. Hey guys, it's Avery. Before we get to the deliberation, we wanted to take a quick second to tell you about our Patreon. It's no secret that running a podcast is an expensive and time-intensive endeavor. However, you can help us continue to bring you this show, as well as assist us in making it better by subscribing to our Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to our entire listening catalog, including all of our old episodes, Patreon-exclusive episodes of our chill-out show, The Tavern, episodes of our Real Play Roleplay show, The Drunken Dungeon, and so much more. Patrons also gain access to special perks, such as early access to episodes whenever possible, gaining the ability to suggest what movie we review next, getting a shout-out in a future episode, and even adding to the ever-growing list of Chris's nicknames. You guys know you want to do that. We couldn't do this podcast without your support. Every little bit helps. So, if you like what we do and want to support us, consider subscribing to our Patreon. The link can be found in the show notes. Again, thank you guys for your support, and let's get back to the show. Chris! Alright guys, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Breeze and Reviews podcast. Uh, before we get into the deliberation, remember the Breeze and Reviews dudes. Rate movies on a scale of one to five beers, with one beer meaning that you need... Uh, excuse me, I actually forgot some stuff. We, rate, we do not rate movies based on how good they are, but rather how drunk you need to be to enjoy them. We rate movies on a scale of one to five beers. If one beer simply being for your own enjoyment, and five beers meaning you need all the beers to watch this film. Also, each season, each member of the Bruising Reviews dudes gets exactly one zero beer review to help even out the score for a film that they particularly like. Which is strange, we're at the last two movies of the year, we still have <laughs> we have four zero beer reviews on the field. So, um, maybe? I don't Not know. Not getting used here. <laughs> 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 but that being stated, 
<laughs> Everybody, how do we feel about 2003's Hebrew Hammer? I want to start with Bliss. What do you give Hebrew Hammer? Uh, I gave it three. I don't feel like it held up, and I needed some liquid courage to get through it. <laughs> liquid courage. <laughs> you know, you know, that's... That that I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Accurate. Um, let's go with Chris. What's a? What do you give Hebrew Hammer? Zero. Okay. <laughs> 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 Wait, Avery, take shut up. You would have thought his fire alarm went off. Left <laughs> 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 something in the oven. <laughs> I will echo Bliss's statement. I watched this. Really, really hungover, and I and like even me hungover. I needed to drink more to get through it. Yeah, it, I feel like this is gonna be one of those, um, buddy. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go to four. Um, I like I said, I think some of the comedy hits. It's smorgasbord of comedy, um, but it like I said, it took a while to get into. Um, I, I think in a weird, weird sense, maybe in 2003, I probably would have given this a higher rating because that was like the the style of comedy back then. The scary movies, the non-entertain movies, um, it's our classic. Um, I, I think I probably would have been more inclined to like it, per se. Um, so I, I think I'll just go with four for now. Yeah. For now. Bradley! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so before I say anything... Chugging that clam chowder. Mm. Yeah, that that yeah that was, that that was absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> go to your room, sir. Go to church. I don't. I get I, baptized. I don't know. Did I got like a late night Bible study right now? So, you go I mean, Jewish coalition. Do y'all have something that can help him? I don't. <laughs> late night Bible. Jesus. Jesus saves. You need three Jesus. Um, you know they don't make so, Jews like Jesus anymore. Oh God, yes, great song. Anyways, um, I give it a three. Um, okay. I, I did that a little bit for dramatic effect because really this movie in 2003 would have gotten a lower score for me, a better score, mm-hmm. Pro- potentially like a one and a half in 2003. Yeah, but like really? looking at it now, yeah. Well, okay, you back then, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 that, that's just um, what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, along with the milkshake of doom. Yes, the milkshake of doom. Uh, but yeah. I will. I'm gonna give it a three. I I almost gave it a four, but one of the other things is the comedy may be brash, but it is one of the few Hanukkah films that like we have, which is proof that the Jew- Jewish media conspiracy does not exist because there's like no Hanukkah films. Um, we so, would have so many. Well, we would have a lot. Yeah, there's more Holocaust films than than. Um, I mean, there, there's a there's a joke even about that in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> produce but, more award-winning Holocaust, Holocaust films. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm giving it a three for me. Okay. Um, I am actually going to give it a five. Um, this this is one of those films where I I should have texted all. I wish I was drunk while watching this. 
Um, you know, there, there were moments I laughed. I probably could count them on one hand. Um, but for me, the movie just didn't hit. Again, as I said earlier, you know, not everything is meant for everything. And this film just wasn't meant for me. That's perfectly fine. If you like the film, that good on you. That's something that you can enjoy. It's something you enjoy. But more importantly, if you find yourself represented in this film, that's what's important. I don't gotta like the damn film for you to for you to find representation, you to find enjoyment. But for me, it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, I didn't particularly like a lot of the humor in it. There was some times I laughed. I'm not even gonna lie to you. There were some times I laughed, but those were few and far between. So for me, it's a five. Uh, which, with all that math, it's gonna be bad if I if I ask Bradley as a Jewish man to do the math. Um, oh, thank God you didn't ask the Asian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know if I ask Buddy to do the math, we're both gonna get it wrong. Um, yeah, English majors. <laughs> So, um, so <laughs> with that, all the scores uh, combined, uh, that gives us a 3.6. Uh, I'm going to say that's a 3.5. Yeah, it's a 3.5. Um, now, usually we we used to go by majority rules, and there were three threes in this, which three, that's the majority. However, because there's five of us, that, that's kind of shitty that we would cancel out two other scores. So we're just going to keep, uh, get rid of the majority rules for the time being, um, uh, for a little while. So 3.5 is what we're giving this, uh, film. All right, guys. Well, you heard it here. The Bruising Reviews dudes give 2003's Hebrew Hammer 3.5 out of five beer reviews. Well, guys, thank you for joining us for this week's episode. And thank you for joining us for the first installment of our Room is spectacular. Before we let you guys go, we always like to send you guys out on a little something happy, a little something positive, especially since the holiday season. Guys, I want to know about what you're geeking on. Please tell me what's going on in your life outside the world of cinema and film. I want to start with Topher. What's going so, on, man? What are you geeking on? Oh, dude, uh, as of recording this, I banished all of Wednesday. That is exactly how I feel every time I can have to do some stupid work sh- That's yeah. It so it's really good. Wednesday on Netflix. It's being, great. It's great. Yes. So I, I'm focused on being more goth during the Christmas season. Oh, I can see it under your eyes. It's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, give me. I just need to wear more black and summon some token spirits. Yes. Awesome. Love it. All right, buddy. What are you geeking on? Um, I am geeking on um. God, good question. Uh, you know what? It's been a weird year where we're not done with COVID, but we're sort of done with COVID. Uh, and in a weird sense, we're also getting back to normal. I went through two airports this past week. I'll keep this short as well. Uh, and well, like, people are still getting COVID. Yeah, they still are, but like, it it doesn't feel as much as a I don't know. I hate to use hellscape. Yeah, a hellscape as it used to be, and you know, there's so many ways that we can prevent it, and I have my mask, but I I just felt comfortable not wearing it, and there are so many people not wearing their mask, and um, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, I'm safe, and uh, it, it just feels like we're finally getting back to normal, and uh, after the years we've had, that I feel this is the first time in a long time, I can sleep at night and not have to worry too much about what happens tomorrow, so... Uh, for all of us out there, uh, seeing the lights at the end of the tunnel of uh, the past two years, uh, here's to you. Awesome. You said that North Korea is threatening to bomb us. 
I mean, that's like every Wednesday when they don't get enough attention. Like, yeah, I was about to say, I was like, yeah. that's pretty much every other week. Um, let's go. Um, with- we're going to send BTS after them, and they're going to storm <laughs> the North Korean no, no, capital. No, no, not, not BTS. Take it the, BTS, the BTS army. Yeah, no, literally. The, they, yeah, they're, they're, they're just going to dox Kim Jong-un. Yeah, well, you know, BTS, they just got, uh, not drafted, they have mandatory military service they have to do. And so, so they're, yeah, they've basically been drafted. And so either they will save us from Kim Jong Un, or they will release a new uh, album. We'll see what happens. They gonna do both. Uh, <laughs> Bliss, what are, what are you geeking you know, on? Uh, I've been geeking on the latest season of My Hero Academia. I haven't been watching yeah. the anime. What uh, what story arc are they on? The war arc. Sorry, let me not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> first war arc um oh. yeah no it's been great bones yeah. is not my favorite animation studio but i think this season uh, has been a step up from last season yes so they're learning yes huh? they have good source material to work from i'm curious what episode they will stop at or sorry what chapter they will stop at but uh yeah good times my assumption it'll probably be the end of the war that'd be my assumption yeah, because there's, they- there's still a lot because that leads into the time skip goes Everything after that. Um, yeah. Bradley. Yeah, uh, so I'm <laughs> honestly... I'm geeking on, like, baking. <laughs> um, baking? Still baking. Baking. Oh, I got really excited. Uh, I mean, I'm still <laughs> excited, but not as... So, so well, baking <laughs> does kind of have to do with this. So, aside from baking, I've been cooking a lot. So, I actually cooked Thanksgiving dinner for my brother, his girlfriend, my wife, and two of our friends came over. I did a full turkey... Mm. Um, I made uh, pecan pie. I made mm. pumpkin pie. I yes. made mashed potatoes. <laughs> he made both. He made both pie. Uh, yeah, I I made um, mashed potatoes, yes. uh, homemade cranberry sauce oh um, that I forgot to put on the table. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was homemade, so good you saved it for yourself. <laughs> homemade rolls. I made bagel loaves. Um, and then. But the best thing that I found for Christmas or for Thanksgiving, and I think that this should be a Christmas, this should be like just any family gathering you do, is bacon Brussels sprouts. So what you do is you take Brussels sprouts, cut them all in half, toss them in olive oil, salt, pepper, lay them cut side down on baking sheet to where they're all touching, and then just lay bacon bacon over top of... Wait, baking sheet or baking sheet? Baking sheet. Oh, damn. And then you, lay bacon, then you lay bacon over top of them and throw it in the well, oven no, at 425 for like 30 the, minutes. No, you should have done like the bacon weave and then put the Brussels sprouts on it in the oven. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Cut it like so, a casserole. Yeah. So yeah, and, uh, casserole. According, to, according to a lot of people here, I need to open a bakery because apparently my baked goods are really on point. No, so. not good front. You're one of those white people that know how to season food. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> <laughs> I know it's good. Political content detected. Political content destroyed. <laughs> uh, uh, so what are, what are you geeking on, Avery? Uh, me. Um, well, I am seasoning his geeking food, on. apparently. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I'm actually playing Pokemon Scarlet, so... Is it good? Yeah, I like it. I mean, a lot of people are, a lot of people are bitching and moaning about, like, glitches and whatnot. It's fun. I like it. Um, this is the first time in a Pokemon game I've actually been overwhelmed by the amount of just option that I have to just do whatever I really? want. Really? It's like an open world bro, thing, right? Yeah, it's an open world. You can roll up on the Elite Four ten minutes into the game if you feel like it. 
But she will really give them cheeks clapped. So it's the Pokemon <laughs> game we always wanted as a kid. Yes, it is exactly. You can go anywhere, do anything. I, <laughs> I think I saw some kids can playing I that earlier. Team Rocket? There's a team called Team Star. I don't. They. They. I don't know if you can join them. I know one of the three big storylines is taking down Team Star. But they, for knowing this game, they may offer it for you to join. They really may. Like, so um, I might have to get this. Yeah. Um, yeah ever good thing. Like I said, I've been enjoying playing that. Um, I just beat God of War Ragnarok. Um, yeah. And I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, it was one of the few games that actually made me cry. Um, Damn. Like, it was that bloody. Dude, it's Give just it that. 2024, we might actually be having to go through Ragnarok. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a mo- it's a very emotional game. Um, oh, and it's because basically it's it, it's it's showing it honestly it is if the original God of War was toxic masculinity in a physical form this is kicking toxic masculinity in the taint uh, <laughs> it's about learning to be that. okay to be emotional and to love as a man you still can be strong you still can defend your family but you can also be open with your emotions um, and I got to so an fan <laughs> yeah so, but yeah, that, that's what I've been doing. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, but I know the producers are, are yelling at us when uh, we're over time. Yeah, the producers are yelling at us because, guys, keep in mind, we, we there are other things we have to do. And um, from my understanding, we have some other stuff to do before old drunk Nick shows up. So, guys, um, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Brews and Reviews. My name is Amy here for Buddy, Brad, Bliss, and Chris. And we'll see you guys at the movies. Bye! Thank you for listening to this week's episodes of Brews and Reviews. As always, Brews and Reviews would like to thank you for tuning in. And if you liked what you just listened to, please subscribe to the podcast, give them a like, leave a review, comment on the episodes, and tell your friends about the cast, as it really helps the algorithm get the show out there. If you want to follow the Brew Dudes on social media, check them out at the Brewcast Crew on Twitter and the Brews and Reviews Pod on Instagram, where they post information about current and upcoming episodes, and so that you never miss a second of their drunken adventures. The Brews and Reviews Podcast drops regular episodes the first and second Wednesdays of each month, as well as special deep cuts episodes once a month, and is available on every major streaming service, so be sure to check back for more inebriated mishaps. So, until next episode, we'll see you guys at the movies. Bye!